I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kathy, hey. Lorna, Chug, you know Robbie, and Dickie. Steven's new to the Bay from Chicago. You hate it here, don't you? It's just different. The kids are strange. Hello. Hey. It's like they're always smiling. They're always happy. Kelly Connor said she saw Andy Efkin bite the head off a kitten in a fit of rage. Brainwashed, lobotomized, programmed. They used to be my friends. Gavin thinks some sinister force is taking over the crate of a meatheads. A sinister force? Now with every successive kid, we are getting closer and closer to perfection. All in favor? I can't go home. When I get there, they're waiting for me. Don't leave me alone like this! Welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Larone and J.M. McNabb. And this week we have a back to school episode because people are going back to school, not us. No. no. We don't, we're not doing that anymore. We can I, watch movies and pretend. I got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're doing Disturbing Behavior, starring James Marsden, Nick Stahl, and Katie Holmes. What kind of disturbing behavior are we doing? Larceny? <laughs> this show's That's not fine. that disturbing. No, it's not that. That's a crime, yes, but it's like not a weird crime. <laughs> no, no, it's not the weirdest. We can come up with better. We and can it, do better crimes. And it, I feel like we were trying to think of a back-to-school movie last week, and you thought of disturbing behavior, and I thought of teaching Mrs. Tingle. Oh, and, really? And it's like, why are they all Katie Holmes movies? <laughs> yeah, it's, everyone wants to go to Dawson's Creek, you know? Everyone yeah. wants to go back Was that there. the name of the school? <laughs> it's Katie Holmes High School. Katie Holmes High. Yeah, there probably is one now. Yeah. You know, yeah. out of the small town that she became famous from. She uh, they named it after her for uh, all the children she liberated from Scientology. <laughs> right, exactly. You mean one? The one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a start. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into it, we just want to uh, thank our Patreons. Thank you so much for going to Patreon.com/slash/rewatchability and donating one, three, five dollars a month to keep the show going to support us. Yeah. We get to give away like a, a, a free episode per, not free, I guess. It's not. Every episode is free. Every episode is free. Yeah, you're but, supposed to be paying for all these episodes, right? <laughs> I mean, it's the honor system. This is $9.99 per. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like that Radiohead album. We're trusting that you're paying for this. <laughs> if you've listened to all 339 of our episodes, you owe us $3,390. Oh, That's applicable taxes. Everyone just stopped listening right now. They're just like, screw that, and, uh, unplugged. Um, yeah. so we, uh, we'd like to give a shout out to our new owners, Movie Pass. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we do have a Patreon episode dropping yeah. for our Patreon subscribers, and it's Patreons only. Yeah, uh, once a month we give an episode to those people that choose to give us $3 and up. And, you know, there's a connection between these two movies because the writer of Disturbing Behavior saw one of the main actors of the movie that we're talking about get stabbed in the throat and face. Whoa, whoa. Well, I can't wait to talk about that on the Patreon-only episode. Yeah. That's gonna that be a great story. <laughs> that will be – I want to know right now. It's crazy. A little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not, not a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. No. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get to the episode this week, Disturbing Behavior. Rob, when did you first see this this great film? Didn't see it. This piece of cinema. What, really? No, I missed this one. You Does didn't... that disturb you? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I mean, there was a lot of these sort of like teen horror movies in the late 90s. It's like the faculty. I confuse it with that all the time. I mean, honestly, like watching this the first half, I was like, this is just like the faculty (laughs) directed by the guy who directed our Patreon only episode. Another connection. But so I I missed this one, didn't see it. I barely remembered it, but I sort of remember the era uh, and the sort of like style. So Were, were you a big Nick Stahl fan at the time? I mean, were you a, a Nick Stalwart? <laughs> That's what they called them. Yeah, yeah. I think I've only ever seen him in Terminator Three: Rise of the Ma- Machines. Oh yeah, I don't remember the best him Terminator being movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, did you watch Dawson's? Creek? Also, who was the star of Terminator Two? Edward Furlong. What was the school named in the faculty? Edward Furlong Junior High. It all comes together, oh, man. man. That's not the movie we're yeah, talking it's about. Very confusing. <laughs> but they're yeah. they're they're the same. That's what we just said. Yeah, I think yeah. They're, they're the same year too. They were both ninety eight. Yeah. yeah, and they both Conspiracy, share a lot of man. the same tropes too. Yeah, but so you know, it is also kind of interesting that what what year was Columbine? Columbine was like just after this, right? Yeah, that we did get this wave of like conspiracy paranoid school stories right before Columbine and then that genre just came to a halt. Yeah. (laughs) These stories were not being told after that. Well, I think like kids became scarier than teachers, right? Yeah, exactly. I think think you're right. Yeah, because both movies are about kind of conspiratorial like administrations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, and it's about like, yeah, teens not trusting adults and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They both use that Pink Floyd song. Uh, Yeah, true. (laughs) Did you watch Dawson's Creek though? (laughs) No, I didn't watch Dawson's Creek. You You weren't a big Dawson fan? You're listening to heavy metal with You've your long hair. You've known me for like <laughs> almost ten years. <laughs> I didn't watch Dawson's All Creek. right, fine. I hated that shit. All right, I never. That's I mean, fair. I probably never even gave it a chance. Maybe it was wonderful and had a lot of merit. I didn't. I was. I was totally not into. I wish that there was a show stuff. where we could. What about you, Jam? I didn't watch Dawson's Creek either. <laughs> what? Come on! Not after Buffy. Jesus. Oh, oh! don't don't you dare. <laughs> Wait, was Dawson a vampire? <laughs> yeah, I might have watched it. That's why he was so case. pale. No, yeah, I, did, I didn't. I remember there was a time when, like, because, you know, I was getting into movies and ended up going to film school. If I told people I was into movies, people say, oh, like Dawson. I'm yeah. Like, I, oh, man. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have a creek? <laughs> well, also because, like, I was hearing that this movie, like, was kind of a departure for Katie Holmes because she was kind of like the good girl in Dawson's Creek. And right. I was like, I, yeah. I didn't even know totally. who she was. And it could have been the same character. I really <laughs> did not watch it. it was well, she dances in pickup trucks in this. That's pretty. Yeah. yeah once. <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> She's not a good girl. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. But yeah. I did see this movie on video 
Kind of reluctantly, I think a friend had rented it. It's like you got to see this, man. Yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna make everything make sense for you, dude. No, but I don't know why. I I remember like being really against it. I was already kind of rejecting, you know, teen movies that seemed marketed towards teens, feeling like right. I was too cool for them. Which is kind of ironic watching it again because the whole kind of theme of the movie is about like rejecting like the cool kids and oh, yeah. embracing like the scruffy you outsiders. You were just buying into it? Yeah, like I was probably, probably more like it. the, like if this movie came out in the world of this movie, Nick Stahl wouldn't go see it, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. So I guess I was kind of like that. Such a Nick Stahl. Yeah. A Nick Stahl word. <laughs> <laughs> that, that has other meanings now because he's been arrested for like indecent exposure and stuff. That's and just a real behavior. Had a drug problem. And, yeah, but I yeah. think he's back on the right track. Yeah, yeah, I I've think so, yeah. okay. Yeah, we we wish well to him. He's really good here. I yeah. yeah, I always liked him. But I did end up seeing it I guess when it first came out on video. The only thing I remembered about it was I watched it right when I was getting kind of into Kurt Vonnegut. Oh. <laughs> and there's a part which yeah. we'll talk about where they mentioned the book. Yeah, where yeah. a character that you think is like dumb turns out to be smart because he's reading Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, well, I read Kurt Vonnegut, so no matter what, no matter how filthy I am, people will realize that I'm secretly <laughs> brilliant. Would've been better if it was like Flowers for Algernon, you know? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Or if it was yeah. of mice and manners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if it was like Dan of Brown and which would confirm everyone's suspicions. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you? You must have seen this movie. Yeah, I saw it yeah. Why did you why did you say must have? I don't know. You're kinda like the blue ribbons or whatever. What? I'm the hey, blue yeah. ribbons? Guys. You that's probably so were mean. rooting for Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> no, I'm. We're all seems... rooting for Bruce Greenwood. No, I'm rooting for Bruce Greenwood to shave in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. we'll talk about that. I assume mustache. he had to put on that mustache because he ran away from another double jeopardy situation. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so like death. Errol Flynn was cryogenically frozen and woke up to be the villain of this movie. The people that made Superman should go back and like digitally erase his mustache in this movie. <laughs> which should be, which should anyway, I I saw this movie opening night. Yeah. I was a blue ribbon. I well, went I, I with mean, my football team. You saw a lot of the big. <laughs> teen movies yeah i, I like yeah. totally bought into people talking down to me with movies for sure i'd like uh, but like ironically at a certain point you know because i i like to go and be like oh that's how they see teenagers like that's not at all what we're like and then i went and fixed up my car no this <laughs> but uh, you had a car <laughs> then i danced on a pickup truck yeah exactly then i yeah. then i showed my midriff the entire time <laughs> no i so i liked this movie uh, it was the first movie that kind of the people marketing it uh Kingston was like a big marketing place. Like they tried out Interact there for the first time, and they tried out like different flavors a little bit of, of potato history chips. here on rewatchability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They tried out brainwashing on the schools first there. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that didn't work. That never worked. And uh, why is your eye glowing? <laughs> <laughs> must kill. Uh, so I think they came to like our high school and handed out like free passes to like come see this movie. Oh. Uh, so we went like the Thursday midnight screening for like a, a free pass, and they oh. gave us like free posters of the movie. So I. I like. I was like, yeah, this is awesome, and 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 went, and it wasn't a great movie, but I had a good time because it was like this kind of special thing. That, it wasn't a test screening, was it? Like you uh, didn't have to fill out a card or anything, did you? No, there were like weird images that flashed on the screen here and there. What? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that was, was on all the copies of the movie. That yeah. was just the opening credits. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so bad. Oh, they're so. And it, apparently, this movie. I asked because this movie went through like rigorous test screenings, right. and mm. was like drastically recut like six or seven times. So what you're saying is it's it's kind of your fault that this movie is so bad. I'm blaming Blaine. Yeah, blame me. I'll take it. 
I will also say, because he mentioned the, getting the free poster, it is one of the all-time worst movie posters I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like oh, everyone's yeah. like overexposed in that 90s way, and it's just this horrible composition where like Nick Stahl is in the background, Katie Holmes is kind of right in the middle, and then James Marsden's face is kind of like in the bottom left. And Nick Stahl and James Marsden, I don't know what they how they photoshopped their faces, but they're the exact same face. Yes. You're like, I don't yeah. even know who this – it's like just another white actor on the screen. Weird. And the colors are bad. It's like 80s Lego. It's like red and blue. Yeah. And it's very primary color. It doesn't make you feel good. It looks like good. Mr. Freezy's or something. Well, it's very, <laughs> exactly. very 90s, too. Yeah. yeah that kind of looks like, like the graphic. Go post. Like the, yeah, 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 Go and like... Which I had as a poster, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I had all the worst posters. Go was an all yeah. right poster. It didn't have that weird effect that this does. But yeah, even just yeah. like the composition of this is just like, why, why, why didn't yeah. anyone get paid for this? So, Did you put it up in your room? Yeah, I put it in my room. It was like a small poster. It didn't last long because then I got like a movie theater job after that, and I got big posters from the movie oh. theater. So, yeah, that was pretty sweet. But did you get free popcorn? I got I got garbage bags full of free popcorn. Still got some <laughs> in a garbage bag. Stuff somewhere. doesn't go bad. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just ages like wine. <laughs> decades oh, <God>. later, <laughs> this popcorn's from 1923. Mm. It was at the premiere of City Lights. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I didn't like the movie when I first saw it, uh, but I liked the experience. Wow. But wh- what mm. about running down this complex, crazy plot that's changed six times in the test screening? Yeah, I will try to okay. recount all the disturbing behavior okay. in this movie. <laughs> Rob's having a stroke? Okay. It's yeah. just my implant malfunctioning. <laughs> So it begins with a really blatant tubular bells ripoff. <laughs> the music is just so – they must have like had to cut Michael Field a check for that. <laughs> and it was, uh, the music was by Mark Snow who did The, the X-Files, X-Files. Yeah. because this movie was kind of I think – like the director was an X-Files millennium guy. Yeah, that's right. The director for this is sort of best known for directing successful pilots of TV shows. Apparently like the first 16 pilots that he shot went to series. Wow. Yeah. And he's also – Nutter. Yeah. yeah, there's your Blaine's funny name. You missed it. <laughs> and he's also a big Game of Thrones guy now. He did some of the biggest episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, including the Red Wedding and all that stuff. Yeah, so shameless. Yeah, he's done Homeland. He's done great shows. But his Wikipedia doesn't even mention this movie. <laughs> it's like he tried <laughs> to scrub not? it off the face That's of the internet. That's so weird. <laughs> well, actually, he did try to take his name off it after, I think, like the sixth edit <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, where producers just came on board and, like, cut his direction out of it. Yeah, but it sort of uh, opens at a sort of uh, lover's lane lookout makeout point. Did kids still do this in the 90s? I like, don't know. I didn't they have, have a, a car like <laughs> some people. to go to? <laughs> yeah, it just felt it just felt. Rob just had to make out in, like, cruise in USA booths. <laughs> <laughs> Paying, I had some of the most romantic experiences of my life. Paying 25 cents a minute. <laughs> just popping quarters in. I crashed a lot. <laughs> but man, Roadhead? I'm taking no. that out. <laughs> I'm not taking that out. No, you can't. So there's like this young teenage couple. They're like, you know, doing what young teenage couples do in a car. Homework. Yeah, and they're making out. Oh, okay. But the guy doesn't seem to be into it, which is weird because guys are always into sex. Yeah. So the girl, the girl's like, "What's what's up with you? You seem, you know." And he's like, "I got to keep my fluids for the game tomorrow. I have a yeah. big game." Yeah. Just, I mean, it's like a line from Doctor Strangelove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so creepy right off the bat. Yeah. 
That was like a thing, though. Like some people did sort of subscribe to that. Like, well, if you coaches like. told their their right. yeah the teens that yeah, well, but stupid and weird. So and intrusive. <laughs> <laughs> this guy seems. Lane really went somewhere in- else there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he seems really intense and also judgmental because he's also like, "You have a tattoo. How could you mutilate your body like that?" Yeah, yeah. And then doesn't she say like something like mutilate this? Hey, Mary Jo, I'm curious. Why would you do something like that? Why not? It's self-mutilation, really. Self-mutilate this, fluid boy. Fine, girl. Yeah, good find. Who's that? Yeah, that, which that is... survived six edits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, why isn't that on a T-shirt? You know, that's yeah. And then she gives him a blowjob, and it's like, how do you mutilate a blowjob? Like nothing about it made sense. I mean, I she's a, just a kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> we probably all had terrible lines like that when we were young. Mutilate. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't all be winners. Then, but then Nick Stahl shows up with a dog that I don't think is ever seen again in the movie. No, uh, no. that like it sniffs out teenagers st- giving blowjobs. Yeah, because he the Good dog boy. like <laughs> sniffs it out, and yeah, he's like, "Oh, good job finding." Like this is just how he spends his evenings, like trying yeah. to find. Everyone's a creep in this movie from the yeah. get go. It's so weird because we're supposed to be like on Nick Stahl's side. We're like, yeah, he's like the character we kind of. Yeah. We all love and know. He has, like, the stoner wisdom. Yeah, exactly. But he's just a creep. <laughs> no, yeah. He's just... That's how... Yeah. Just get the internet. Get well, dial-up. It wasn't that good at the time. Yeah. You had to, it was probably... You had to... You'd spend less time waiting around at a lover's lane to see anything than you would <laughs> for yeah. a video to load. <laughs> sure, right. But it's also... I thought we were going to find out, because he's kind of one of the only people clued into the mysterious goings-on of the school, that he was somehow investigating that already at the beginning of the yeah. movie. Yeah, nope. no, which would have made sense. Yeah, just perving on people. Yeah. Or that he'd do anything about it after he saw... Two murders happen yeah. at this lover's lane. Yeah. No, he well, just goes to high school the next day. Because like nothing happens. What happens is this what? This prep guy like breaks the girl's neck while she's giving him head. Which yeah. And then the cop comes around and two uh, cops. Two cops and you know they ask him to get out of the car and one of the cops looks in and sees the dead girl and starts freaking out and the kid pulls the gun from the other cop and shoots him. And then the other cop just sort of covers it up nonchalantly. Yeah, Sheriff Steve Railsbeck. Steve Railsbeck. That's the actor. Okay, he played Charlie Manson in like a TV movie. He was in the uh, oh. Stuntman. He's been in lots of stuff. But I realized afterwards, like we never find out what's going on with his character because no. he's not brainwashed like the kids are. But he's just, like, covering up the murders seemingly for no reason. Well, he's just a big football fan. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. want that guy to lose the game. Gotta keep your fluids. It's like Friday Night Lights. It's the yeah, weirdest. There's nothing supernatural about him. It's just every time there's, like, a murder, he's like, Ugh, all right, let's clean this one up. He's, like, <laughs> behaving like Joe Arpaio or something. He's well, like the worst cop. <laughs> I think that's one of the drop threads in this movie, and there's a few of them, I think. It's all – it's drop threads of the movie. It's all drop threads. 
It's crazy. But so next thing that happens is that James Marsden moves to town. His name is Steve Clark. He's a uh, <laughs> two first names. <laughs> Real original. Well, Clark's yeah. the last name too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I had a friend with the last name Clark. Steve was Clark his... was the guy in Def Leppard who mm. died. Mm. So maybe it's an homage because yeah. there's a few like bad classic rock sort of like shoot in homages in here. Yeah. Like when Nick Stahl says, welcome to my nightmare, like the Alice Cooper album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then when at the end went, you know, don't spoil it. I won't. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, he's the new kid in town. And we sort of get some like backstory, like, you know, their family has moved. Something traumatic has happened involving his brother, who's played by Ethan Embry. And we find out that his brother killed himself. Yeah. But Ethan- we don't find that out for a while. No. Yeah. No. But Ethan Embry's on like a video camera for maybe... 20 seconds of this entire movie? Yeah, and he's, like, being a shit to his brother, like, presumably bullying him. Wasn't, like, Empire Records before this movie? I feel like Ethan Embry was a bigger name than just to be the guy on a video. I would have thought so, too. I assume it was cut. I mean, I I did read an interview with William Sadler, who will show up a bit later, and he was saying that, like, really, like, what they cut out of the movie was, like, you know, the kind of heart of it and a lot of the character motivations. And he said a lot of the stuff about, like, the brother's suicide yeah. was cut out. Yeah, so, I feel like that should have come back. That's another dropped thread where we just get no... Totally. Or yeah. you think it would be, like, yeah, some kind of primary emotional, you know, motivator for the James Marsden character. And he does, like, mention it a few times, but it never seems that it, like, factors into any of the decisions he makes. Yeah, yeah. and we don't, like learn more of like what happened like it seemed like there was like like he was a like there was like he was bullying his younger brother and maybe that had something to do with it and they don't really bring that back do they no they they don't and and as for James Marsden's character for like lighting a fire under him or making him any do anything the only thing he does is like someone calls him like hey we're just trying to be friends bro and he goes I'm not your bro like it's like <laughs> I had a brother dead. yeah exactly <laughs> beat me up a lot like, I'm right. sad about it but conflicted <laughs> Well, also, there's also this weird kind of thing where they're moving to this island community, Cradle Bay, yeah, because the dad and mom are were so traumatized that they've moved away from the city. They moved away from Chicago to this island. James Marsden is like really not happy about it, and I, it was one of those things where it's like I I get that that was your home, but it's also like. You just moved to a mansion in a beautiful island. Like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, with the most yeah. beautiful view ever. Yeah, it's yeah. like the most gorgeous house, like lakeside property. And all he does is come, why do we have to move to this shithole? Yeah. <laughs> like, before, you know, the murders. <laughs> yeah. But that's like classic, like, kids sort of stuff. And no kid yeah. wants to be, like, taken out of their high well, school. Yeah. Well, exactly. Though also, he friends. looks like he's 30 years old. It's he like, you should 30. be in charge of your own decisions <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. His parents took him away from all of his friends at Professor Xavier's School for Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's brainwashing people, too. Yeah. Yeah, true. Is that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he goes to school, and we sort of, like, see a bit of, like, the school sort of ecology, and he is joined in the cafeteria by uh, Nick Stahl's character, Gavin, and his friend. And powder, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Albino eccentric teens was, like, a big trend in the 90s. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Wait, well, did you guys have an albino guy in your school? I don't think so. We did. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought every school had an albino guy. <laughs> not. I don't know if uh, if that's bigoted. I don't, like, I don't know what that is. I mean, I we, I mean, <laughs> there was an albino kid in our. I mean, a kid with alb. I don't know albinism. Yeah, albinism. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. our school, he was yeah. cool. Can't remember his name. Didn't go out in the sun lots. 
Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. There was another scene before this that I just want to touch on briefly where Steve's in his first class and it's so weird. It sets things up so poorly because it starts with the teacher and the teacher's a huge asshole for no oh, reason. Yeah, he's bad. And then Another kid comes in, like a scruffy kid, and he's a huge asshole for no reason. And then, like, a third kind of preppy <laughs> kid is an asshole to that kid for no reason. And you're like, I don't know who the villain is here. Like, oh, I have yeah. no idea who what's going on. Who do I cheer on. for? Yeah. It was the weirdest scene. It wasn't until one of the kids gets murdered later on. I was like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, that guy's the real asshole. Yeah. But everyone was just awful. <laughs> Anyone could have murdered anybody. Yeah, it would like, have, would have that been teacher was a really good teacher because he taught everyone in that class to be like him, like to be an asshole. He's just like, this, right. is, this is how to be an asshole 101. <laughs> Mr. Clark, perhaps you can relate. Mr. Clark is new to us from Chicago. Do they read Dickens in Chicago? Dickie Atkinson. Welcome. Tell us why you're late. Trouble with a can jab? Like you know what one is. Somebody woke up on the wrong side of the carburetor this morning. Pecker head. What is, if I may be so forthright in displaying my ignorance, a uh, uh, pecker head? She laughing at Waylon. Nothing, Richard. I was just thinking how ignorance kills. What does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> that, that guy was so bad. Whoever that actor was, like, you could just tell that this was like his big chance, and he was really pushing, you know, something oh, into it. It was just yeah. like it was awful. Yeah. yeah, it was a bad performance from everyone in that scene. Yeah, but yeah, and later the kid who tussles with one of the blue ribbons, mm-hmm. he ends up getting sort of brainwashed and returns to school as. A blue ribbon. Well, we should mention what the blue ribbons are because, right. yeah, in the cafeteria. They're fans of Pabst. <laughs> <laughs> PBR. They're hipsters who embrace tepid, you know, poor tasting beer. Yeah. I guess it's not always tepid, but usually I feel it's like. Te- it's when, best tepid. When you're at like some kind of like, you know, pop up <laughs> event where they're not supposed to be selling liquor but they are right. it's usually warm PBR is that at the back can. of their food truck yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure uh, yeah it's an outdoor screening of disturbing behavior <laughs> <laughs> the ironic enjoyment is too much yeah, yeah. but uh, they're like the good kids at the school yeah. the football players the cheerleaders they're like the Stepford wives yeah kind of well exactly literally the Stepford literally, wives yeah. Yeah. yeah and what People used to be Nick Stahl's friend are now part of the Blue Ribbons, yeah. too. So, yeah, uh, they've really cleaned up. Yeah, so kids have changed cliques, which doesn't happen in high school, man. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah, they even That's like, the freakiest thing. Nick Stahl lists out all the different cliques and groups, like in every yeah. other high school movie. Yeah. I do like, like we've that, never though. heard about these jocks and nerds before. <laughs> no, I, I like that it's like not. It would just feel, I don't know, for me, I think it would be, like, too simplistic if they're just like, oh, those are the cool kids and they're evil. But, oh, like, sure. he does take a good five minutes to outline every single <laughs> social group in the school. Yeah. Who am I us- forgetting? Oh, yeah, the ones who are brainwashing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they have their own MySpace the page. They're fine. 
Yeah, and he gives like details, like what the music they listen to and stuff. But it's never music. It's always like the heartbeat of progress or something like that. Right. right. Like, well, oh yeah. I will say, I think those Nick Stahl guys were insufferable in high school. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think that's what's kind of great about his performance is it feels real. He looks the right age, yep. mm-hmm. and he's he right not like pallor. James Marsden for sure. Yeah. yeah, like he's really good. Like he's kind of charming, but he's also kind of like realistically annoying, like that character would be. I don't mm-hmm. know. I thought he was really good. He sold a lot of those scenes for me in the way that, say, his albino sidekick did not. I think they both – I mean, albino sidekick isn't given much to do. No, but, no. Uh, He's th- mostly mute. But he also looks so old too. They yeah. all look old. Like everybody in yeah. this high school is 35. <laughs> like, yeah, it's acting high. <laughs> That's where they get all their actors like from. Like James Marston looks so old. I don't – everybody looks old. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, his sister looks like the appropriate age. Yeah, but she's like barely a character. Who's yeah. played by Catherine Isabel yeah, from uh, Ginger Snaps, Snaps yeah. and Hannibal. Mm. And... Mm-hmm. The Canadian oh. actress. And we didn't mention the dad is played by Terry David Mulligan. Right. Who's like, I, I didn't even really remember who he was. He's in tons of movies and shows. But like, I was like, who is, is this guy like an actual dad of someone that I <laughs> like knew in the 90s? dad? Well, he just looks so familiar. And then I looked it up and he was also the host of movie television on City yeah. TV. So like, which was like an early, uh, you know, entertainment yeah. show on, on Canadian TV. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, I assume this was made in BC. For, For sure. sure. I mean, yeah. Bruce yeah. Greenwood's in it and he refuses to like film anywhere outside of his 30 meter radius of his house or something. <laughs> He's like, anytime they shoot a movie in BC, you're going to see Bruce Greenwood. Also, that Jay Brazo guy who plays the principal with the beard and the, you know, he just has a very oh, unique yeah. sort of look. You see him and everything. I'm pretty sure he's in Double Jeopardy because that was filmed in BC as well. Bruce Greenwood. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do you yeah. think they filmed both at the same time and he was just like running from house to house, putting a mustache on and then <laughs> ripping it off? <laughs> yeah, that's why in one scene it's crooked. <laughs> More spirit gum. <laughs> But they also eventually they meet Katie Holmes, who is a little bit trashy. Yeah, she's a free spirit. She, she dances yeah. in trucks. We know she's a little bit trashy because she's literally introduced as a piece of trash. Yeah. By, <laughs> by her best friend. That's what I was referring to. I wasn't actually making a joke. Oh, I know. Oh, God. Yeah, and yeah. then we see her like, because also like. You're she... my best friend. You are too, trash. It's just so mean. Well, that was, you know, that was part of the 90s was talking shit about your friends. Yeah, I guess like the ribbing of your friend. Yeah. Yeah. This movie has some issues with women that we'll get into. What? (laughs) But apart from her being introduced as literal garbage, she's dancing on the back of a pickup truck, which is also we kind of learn eventually that, you know, she's a bit more like – introverted and alternative and she's not part Mm -hmm. of the cool group like you know she's not like the other girls well nothing in her character that we see later on would indicate she would be the type of person that would put a song on the radio and then dance like a she's in a (laughs) go-go cage on the back of a pickup truck it's just so clearly that was made for the trailers she's dancing like no one's watching but james marston is watching (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like creepily watching from, uh, from uh, and Nick Stahl. He's also creepily watching, but that's just what Nick Stahl does. Yeah, and, and <laughs> there's also like this just assumed, you know, kind of notion that these two are going to get together because Nick Stahl is like, oh, like I see the sparks or something. Like, like before they even talk to each other, it's so funny. He's like, you two are romantic leads, and they're yeah. like, what? All right, cool. But you two are the best looking people who aren't brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. But he can't help it because – what's her name? Katie 
What's her name? Katie Holmes? Because Katie Holmes' midriff. <laughs> what? Katie, the Katie only woman in this movie? I thought of Cruz. No, Katie Cruz. Because oh, Katie no. Holmes' midriff has magical powers. Yeah. It drives men crazy. <laughs> That's true. It literally does drive men crazy. And we'll, we'll come back to talk about that right after this break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about disturbing behavior with Katie Holmes and James Marsden and Nick Stahl. Those are all the people that's in it, right? Bruce Greenwood. There's other people. There's people But in not it. all There's of them other. do disturbing things. Most of them do disturbing things. How old was Katie Holmes in this? Because she looks young and I was reading like, like everyone else, like 35, I don't know. <laughs> 47. Uh, yeah. But I read one review in People magazine that was like – Saying it's a shitty movie, but it, it says, but it stars the promising Nick Stahl and the luscious Katie Holmes. Oh, Ooh. come on, guys. Jesus. Oh, that was kind of gross. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it was well, written by like a 13 year old, that would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's weird that she went from this movie where she's resisting a whole bunch of brainwashed people to. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. To Scientology. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking about that too. And then, like, also thinking about the commodification of her. I mean, that's what happened in real life when Tom Cruise auditioned a bunch of women and selected Katie Holmes to be his wife, as is popularly thought to have happened. I mean, it's weird, right? Yeah. I mean, I think she's pretty good here. I I also, like, I don't know a lot about it, but I do respect, like, the stories you hear about how she, like, got her kid out of, like, the Sea Org or whatever. Man, anytime I hear, like... People talking about leaving abusive relationships. Well, yeah, when you're in an abusive relationship with Scientology. <laughs> yeah, well, and and they talk about leaving Scientology and how they make it like crazy difficult. They turn your family against you, and they turn all your friends against you, and they try to poison your career. And, oh yeah, well, and, have you seen those documentaries? Yeah. Oh the, man, they're so scary. Yeah. And like the Leah Remini one, and then the other one with um, that British guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, but you know, I'm. I'm so hooked on this sex cult from BC. Since we're talking about BC, wait, you're wait hooked like, on can sex you cult? leave that sex cult? Because that's not good. <laughs> I man. mean, not like I'm hooked on it. I'm just like addicted to like the stories. You know, the ones oh, okay. with the super with the super, Smallville yeah. Uh, yeah, actress. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, they're pretty crazy. BC is full of like crazy cult Bruce people. Greenwood. Maybe it all it was it was <laughs> born Greenwood. out of the ashes of <laughs> the survivors of this uh, movie. Well, some yeah. of them could have been because they were all actors. So I mean, who knows? Yeah. It's all. Anyway. Oh, man. But, yeah, Katie Holmes, I feel like maybe doesn't get the respect she deserves because I think she's usually quite good. I don't think she was good in the Batman movie. No. Uh, But that's one movie. And also, like, how much have we learned about how, like, shitty fan behavior criticizes women? And also, I don't know how great – and you can hate me on this, but, like, how great Nolan is at directing actors. Like, I feel like she needs a good director, too. Oh, right. yeah. I don't yeah. think he directs actors. No. She's, I haven't I seen her in a lot of movies. He directs IMAX cameras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and vintage <Yeah>. planes. <laughs> <laughs> the motivation here is to fly and shoot. <laughs> yeah. 
he gives her in like a dramatic scene with Christian Bale. She's like, I don't know how to do that. He's like, turn your engine on. What? I'm not a plane. Turn your brain engine on. Just roll with it, Katie. <laughs> no, yeah, to- I think you're absolutely right. And I, I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff, but like in a smaller role, like a movie like Wonder Boys. Oh, which yeah. Which is one of my Wonder favorites. Yeah. Right. yeah. I think she's really great. You should do Wonder Boys. We totally sure. should. Yeah. But yeah, I think she's fine here. I was, speaking of Batman, I was a little distracted that her name was Rachel because every time someone right. called her that, I was just like, Rachel! <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to get replaced by Maggie Gyllenhaal like halfway through the right, movie. Right, when she's brainwashed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we haven't really talked about Bruce Greenwood and his plan? <laughs> Yeah, he, I guess he, he's, he's the school psychiatrist or something. <laughs> like all schools have. But he did like a pharmacology degree and that's why he yeah. he can do hypnosis. All of those things make no sense well, together. Th- there's a part where they do a background check on him and they're like, he worked for this hospital studying neuropharmacology. And James Marsden's like brainwashing. It's like he could have also just like been prescribing antidepressants. Like, what, what are you talking I think that's about? That's a field of research that many people are in that don't brainwash people. Yeah, yeah. or do they? Oh. Am I right? No conspiracy I'm theories not. about Take your medicine. this week on rewatchability. But like, apparently in the '90s, people were okay with like bizarre mustache wearing grown men taking students on because he, like, he has the, a trench coat for most of this movie too yeah, but like <laughs> so the cover story was like he was taking children on a retreat yeah like that alone should be the villain plot even before <laughs> the brainwashing <laughs> why is he taking children on a retreat I, I don't know didn't you guys go on retreats with mustachioed men when you were younger <laughs> see a teacher oh i don't no, remember don't, actually don't worry he's not a teacher <laughs> Literally, I went on a karate retreat when I was younger with a mustachio man who wasn't a teacher. So this is all. Wait, I, what? I, I might have been Are you brainwashed. Okay? <laughs> no, I it, was hope like... it was just brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When the, when they found out that Bruce Greenwood has been brainwashing them, they should be relieved. Yeah. <laughs> they should be, oh, oh my god. god! He was just making the May students. Oh my god! We can That's fix so nice. the brainwashing. <laughs> but also, yeah. so his whole uh, his whole plan is he's. He's also going through the parents. Like the parents yeah. have to elect. They have, cons- they have the parental consent. So it's As totally you do with any cool. field trip. Yeah. Yeah. He got the forms. There's <laughs> nothing you can do. But then like his whole thing is I guess trying to make kids like perfect and polite and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. the reason why they keep Eat killing people and going nuts is because whenever they are sexually aroused, the it's something in the in their brain short circuits and they go on like a violent rampage. Yeah. So it's just weird that like the kryptonite to his plan is this idea that uh, when kids get like boners, they turn into into murderous, crazy people. The, the, like, the, wouldn't the, there be a massacre after twenty three seconds? <laughs> yeah, the, it's like why would that not be the only thing you try to compensate for? The gross line in this movie is whenever they get a boner, they go and beat someone to death with it. That's the line in this movie. Yeah, who wrote that and was like, "That's cool." The same guy. That, <laughs> that's something that teenage that like an adult would say about a teenager boner. Like, yeah. So fucking weird. Yeah, totally. Everything about it's kind of creepy, but it's yeah. also, I I get that like allegorically and perhaps satirically, yeah, that makes sense. But sure. I feel like the movie's not kind of playing like, at that level the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it's like um like an Error Limits episode. It would have been something, you know, like that would have been an interesting kind of plot for that. But I don't know, like it's not carrying this whole movie, and I wonder what the early drafts were because I remember so much more happening in this movie than actually happens. 
like not a lot happens. Well, they meet that weird janitor guy. Yeah, that's oh, one thing that happens. That guy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Um, Newbury. Oh, and also Bruce Greenwood's name is Dr. Caldecott. Yes, they literally name. just named it after books on their children's <laughs> bookshelf, the screenwriter, because those are two literary awards yeah. for children. But it sounds like a character from Deep Space Nine, Galdicott. Yeah, very it really confusing. Does. Isn't it Caldicott? I don't know. That's even Galdicott, is it? Yeah, you're right. It's Deep saying. Space Nine. Okay, I see. Yeah. <laughs> they are also dumb at things. <laughs> yeah, but so this like school janitor guy, he's like you know, Nick Stahl describes him as like the sort of Boo Radley. Of our town. And yeah. it again, of... they just started looking at the bookshelf full of <laughs> acclaimed novels for young readers. But it turns out that he's been putting on this whole act. Like, he's not mentally challenged or Why? whatever. Because Every... he can read Kurt Vonnegut, so he's got to be a genius. So, first of all, that's crazy that he, like, he's found out because he reads Kurt Vonnegut. Because, I don't know. It's... He... I, mean, I like Kurt People Vonnegut. Have... Different functioning levels yeah. and still read. But it's you can read ridiculous. a book and not fully grasp its themes. <laughs> sure. But Kurt Vonnegut's and, also one of those writers who could write for, like, he wasn't trying to sound, like, super intelligent. No. No, no, no yeah. No. Yeah, and, and it's weird that it's, like, Slaughterhouse I like five, it and I'm stupid, first of all. <laughs> I mean, Breakfast of Champions has, like, Sharpie drawings in it. Anyone can I enjoy like the that. <laughs> yeah. Hocus Pocus is, like, two lines at a time. It's great. It's yeah, great reading. Like Dan Brown. Yeah, exactly. But also, why is he pretending to be yeah. not smart? Because it's not helping him, first of all. No. Seems to be no advantage. There's other adults in this town that aren't, and they're just fine. Well, also, Wait, here's he, a thought. There are other towns. Yeah. He's like, he's like, ah, you know, I just don't want anything to do with me. Move to it. There's, go anywhere. So he knows what's happening, but won't protect Nobody told him any a of the kids. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Well, but also like they don't like say that he has adopted this persona to fly under the radar of the people who are you know have this town in their grips. He's just doing it for kicks or for something else or it's not it's unrelated. It's like a performance art piece that yeah. he's like really committed to. Yeah. It's like Andy Kaufman. It's his one man <laughs> show, yeah. you know, and as soon as it's ready, you're going to see it. My whole life's an act. It's, it's <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. He's just trying to get a funny interview with that sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Who is America? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't understand his whole character. But it's very th- weird. Yeah, you think it's going to be like he's like, I'm actually like undercover. Like I've been like amassing this research on this doctor. I've been trying to find out. And then, you know, that character, his character should be killed off. And then the kids are like, oh, we got to take over where he left. None yeah. of that happens. No. He's no. just, it's just a coincidence. It's just, it has yeah. nothing to do with anything. Even the thing he kind of stumbles upon that will kill or, you know, cause harm to the, the brainwashed kids is just by accident, right? Yeah. It wasn't on purpose. No, it no. wasn't on purpose. He and was also, trying to catch rats. He was really into the rats. <laughs> the point of that the eradicator is that it's like a, a pitch that humans can't hear that the, makes the mice and rats scurry. But it's, <laughs> when he turned it on the movie, I was like, ah, God, that sound. I was like, really? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe You're one I'm, of them. I'm one of them now, the blue ribbons. <laughs> but I was like, I can see why it angers them. That's a, that's a obnoxious it sound. It is kind of annoying. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, but the scene that we, like, see that finally affect the kids, it's sort of jumping ahead a bit, but, like, at one point, Katie Holmes, one of the Blue Ribbons, like, 
sort of like confronts her in the weird janitor's basement. Yeah. And like first, he, first he asks her out sort of innocuously. Yeah. And then he like tries to rape her. Yeah. Yeah. For this like the second time? Well, yeah. Did he try to rape her earlier? No, he beat up a whole bunch of kids. Oh, in that's super Oh, yeah. No, because he, he saw her midriff. midriff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made him go insane. Oh, God. If that actually happened, this summer would be a frenzy. <laughs> yeah. Big season. <laughs> Yeah, but it's – it again, it's one of those things where it's like this should be like a campy, fun movie for teens. But it's like several you know, set pieces are predicated on the idea of sexual assault. Well, yeah. And I, I remember like them doing some fun scenes in like a football game where they like go haywire in a football game and there's like a crazy big – none of that happens. That's the faculty? Yeah, I think, I think it's the faculty. I, I think it's the faculty. There's like a more fun movie out there that did this yeah. and it's the faculty. But I mean when I'm sort of like – because like most of these sort of like sci-fi – sort of tinge stories like the Stepford Wives have like a sort of political statement that they're trying to make and like there's some like vague stuff about like conformity and I don't know but like they don't really it doesn't really seem to have much of like a point to it but everyone they turn into one of the blue ribbons like one guy just swears at everyone in class all the time. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. maybe he needs, like, some some help. They're always know? getting into fights. The other guy goes to Lover's Lanes to, like, like, use his dog to hound out people having sex. Like, I just feel like... Like, doesn't not- Bruce Greenwood think this is a problem? Like, maybe I should adjust my... <laughs> procedures yeah. a little well, bit if there's all this killing happening i know it's so weird well, what's his end game i don't know and that's we got to talk about the scene where they go to the hospital yes. Yes. on the other island because katie holmes and james shutter marston island. yeah literally <laughs> shutter island is a 15 minute boat right away because that's where bruce greenwood used to live yeah. used to work so they travel over there at night and i mean this is a lunatic pun intended scene where the mentally ill are monsters. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Like, and and Katie Holmes like screams when she sees any of them. Yeah. It's it's horrible. Because they're all like deformed or ripping their teeth out and nothing has happened. They've just walked into like an average day at a home for people with <laughs> mental problems in this town. This is an average day. Yeah. It, but it's like Arkham Asylum. It's like <laughs> yeah. if they had revealed that they'd accidentally wandered into like you know, the yeah. Universal Studios Halloween event. That, you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. They're in a haunted house. But yeah. this is supposed to be like a real, a real and, and no one's healthcare facility. If There's... it was more realistic, it would just be a bunch of like depressed patients trying to escape to go on a boat ride. <laughs> it's going to flow over the cuckoo's nest. There you go. Yeah. I, yeah. And they, they meet his daughter. Right. Uh, Bruce Greenwood's daughter, whom he later tells us like he tried his experiments out on first to make yeah. her like a good person and she went insane. And I don't know, wouldn't you stop after you like killed your well, like, I thought removed gonna, your daughter from society? I thought it was going to reveal that like there was something wrong with his daughter that he was trying to find, get the cure for by doing yeah. this to yeah. his kids. And no, that would have been just, really like a cool. failed first draft because then he would have had like we would have understood he's like, "No, I'm a good guy because I'm trying to save my daughter. I'm doing bad things, but the ends justify the means." Right. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I totally thought that was going to be it and it wasn't. No. The he other was were, like, "No, the ends don't justify the means." No. No, I have no plan, but I'm just doing this anyway. I'm really off the rails. <laughs> the other weird thing about that part is like they go there to get information on what he's doing and all they find out is that he has a daughter who's there and they're like, good, let's go. It's like, you didn't learn anything. Yeah. And then there's the running away from like, 
you know, <laughs> these sort of like zombified hospital patients, they start playing that song that goes like, I'm not sick, but I'm not. What, like, What's uh, it called? From, like, Flagpole Sita by Harvey Danger. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I had that album. Okay, I, I perfect. Because really yeah. I, I didn't know what it was, but it's the yeah. kind of thing like they'd play for like a fun montage in American Pie. It's like, yeah, why yeah. are you playing that now? I know. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming to get you. That's all they want. They want that one line. I get the, and I'm not sick, but I'm not well or something, yeah. but it's like, but tonally, it's, you know, they're not at the beach. They're like <laughs> yeah. running from this creepy. It's very weird. <laughs> and it's and it's like one, it's like paranoia, paranoia, everyone's coming to get you. And they run out the door and then the song cuts. And you're like, oh, that was as long as you could use it's a song. not paranoia if they're really out to get you. Yeah. It's like they didn't get the rights for yeah. it, but they're like, we can use three seconds of it, guys. They so. just got like the uh, the iTunes like 30 second sample. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was weird. And then there's kind of like a, the the rat guy saves him from the sheriff. We don't know why the sheriff is in on it. And we the rat guy totally gave up his own life because that sheriff's going to kill him now. But he comes back later. Yeah. Well, no, but he, oh, because, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. he's going to die anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. And then James Marsden sort of goes back to his house to sort of grab his sister and he, they're going to escape. They're going to go back to Chicago, whether their parents like it or not. Um, back to Chicago where no one commits any crimes. <laughs> <laughs> but once he gets there, he finds out that his parents have already enrolled him in the Blue Ribbon program. Steve, where are you going? I'm taking Lindsay away from here. We're going back to Chicago. Don't do this, Steve. You're scaring me. I'm scared too, Mom. Believe me. Look, Steve, you have to know that we're here for you, no matter what. Oh, God. Do you really mean that? Of course we do. Okay, then let's all go home. Stephen, you are home. Cradle Bay is where you belong. Here with your family. You signed me up for the program? We want what's best for you. What about what I want? Stephen, do you really like the way you feel? Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know why you think it's so suspicious. We merely invited this man over at 1130 at night <laughs> to come take you away for a weekend. Oh, God. Yeah. And the parents so he, are not brainwashed, by the no, way. No, I know. They, they just, just think this is a good idea. They just don't want him bringing up his brother's death again. They're like, we don't want to talk about it. We told you. <laughs> Be a good boy. Uh, didn't like him anyway. So they take him to like play Beethoven at him and brainwash him. Yeah, like uh, yeah, like that movie. And uh, can't was, think of it. That was another thing that I was annoyed about as a snobby like fifteen year old or You're whatever like, when I saw this movie because I'd read Clockwork cl- Orange. I'd read Clockwork movie. Orange and seen it the year before. I was like, this is so derivative on yeah. so many levels. But did you see Total Recall, which is what they totally stole his escape from? When he like pulls out the yeah. armrest and then stabs like, the guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's absolutely, the, that's the exact same escape. Is <laughs> Quaid? <laughs> it's the exact same escape. It's so brutal. It's also a little like Get Out, which was very derivative. Of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then they Get Out was like, what about disturbing behavior? But if like white people weren't the victims, <laughs> <laughs> uh, suffering for all of their lakeside mansions. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whitest person in this movie comes to save them. 
the and I'm the, joking about that by the way because yeah, obviously guy? yeah the, he comes to yeah. sit in the, in the car and uh, and takes Katie Holmes right to the ferry as all these all these blue ribbon guys are about to like descend on them and right. the rat guy Boo Radley guy he plays the Boo Ratley Boo Ratley nice oh. um, yeah he plays the eradicator sort of lead them like the Pied Piper of Hamlin yeah and they all jump on his car and then he says a line from a song and then he says, <laughs> what song Blaine do you know the title of this song. Uh, Oh come on! I don't. I'm not a. It's big another music guy. brick in the wall, part two. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have guessed part two. Not there part one. Go. Not part three. The other thing that I can see a, a producer saying in this movie is being like, "Can they save them?" And then the writer being like, "No, nah, no, nah, they can't save them." And then the producer being like, "Well, you have to put that in." So right at the end, James <laughs> Marsden goes, "Wait, wait!" When they're all in his car, right, they have to go off the cliff. We save them. Yeah, he's like, "Can we save them?" He's like, "Nah, it's too late for them." He's like, "Okay, I guess." Wait, you're gonna listen to this guy who's yeah. like living in a fucking dirty basement reading but, Kurt Vonnegut novels? He doesn't know shit. But it's one of those it's one of those points in the movie where like when you bring it up, you start thinking about it way too much. Like if he had never yeah. asked, can you save these kids? And like we would have assumed right. you can't save them. I think I still would have like I would have assumed that you can save them. Like, you know, it seems like it's a surgical procedure. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some sort of or at least try or at least like you can't just kill a whole bunch of people. They took out all of his graduating class. He's going to graduate alone. <laughs> it does yeah. seem like if there were any kind of scene where you see like any kind of follow up with authorities, you know, in Chicago or whatever, that they would ask them like, what, what about the kids? Did you just kill them? I was like, well, there's no way to save them. Uh, I, I asked this the school's janitor. <laughs> what, did he have like a medical background? Well, uh, he uh, he had a, a Slaughterhouse Five. You yeah, know, he was he, a lot smarter than he looked. Exactly. Surprisingly smart. I think he might have had a PhD. <laughs> I don't know. He made a radio that kind of squawked and upset. It was a broken radio. If yeah. he read Slaughterhouse <laughs> Five, he's sure to have read Slaughterhouses One through Four. So he must be pretty learned. Well-versed. Yeah. And then James Marsden goes off the dock on a motorcycle lands after on... doing several jumps I will add. <laughs> yeah yeah he needs to ramp up to it and then I was like what about his sister like where was his sister in all this and his abandoned friend had saved his sister in the car which is nice uh-huh. Kitty Holmes is on the dock but then I was like you're just gonna leave your parents behind yeah like, well they were dicks I guess they were dicks but like they didn't know what they were doing really I, there's also a line where di- the- <laughs> I mean they were dicks like they were regular parents <laughs> <laughs> we want the best for you ah you deserve to die <laughs> There's also a line where they say, like, there's no one left or something. It's like, there's a whole town. You're not going to tell anyone? There's, like, a mayor and probably firemen and the grocer. And what about all your stuff? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All all the pictures you had of your brother whom you loved. Like, you're just leaving that behind? He didn't love his brother. His brother was a dick. Really? There was the only scene we saw of him was him being, like, mean to him. I think that was just like older brother stuff. I don't think it was. I think they were trying to allude to something that was like darker mm. and then they cut it out and it now it's weird. Yeah. Did you guys it's... watch the alternate ending? No. What was the alternate ending? So in the original ending, they're just kind of on the boat and they're like, all right, we'll head to Chicago and we don't have our wallets or any possessions, but I'm sure we'll land on our feet. Mm. But in the original ending, because we haven't really talked that much about how Nick Stahl's character is brainwashed about halfway through the movie. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's not part of the crew anymore. Yeah. And, but we don't really get much resolution with him. But in this version, he shows up on the boat with like a shotgun. Whoa. And he's going to kill them. And they have to, they're like trying to talk him down 
or whatever, kind of like the Naked Gun. And, uh, <laughs> I, and then like he's about to shoot, I think maybe the sister or something. And then all of a sudden, like he gets shot, and they pull back, and like powders, like holding like oh, a handgun. No, Go God. powder! <laughs> you just powder shot a bird. Kid. Oh no! Well, he it was also his best friend, so like he's yeah. really sad, but he kind of had to do it oh. to save everybody. And then he has like a death scene, and again, like no one working on the ferry even like pops by mm-hmm. to be like. Hey, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Like, what if you like jumped a motorcycle to get on this boat, and now there's gunfire? But you got to pay, pay the toll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no one is paid. Uh, yeah, that's uh, there's uh, there's just so much that doesn't make sense yeah. in this movie. But we should we should probably wrap but up. But there is we should say there is there is a resolution for Nick, Nick Stahl's character yeah. because he we see oh, him yes. after he is. A teacher now, a student and he, teacher. he's the blue ribbon, and he's you know sort of going to spread this to other schools. It looks like the teacher says, which we must see in disturbing behaviors two and three. Yeah, must. Yeah, the teacher's like, ah, oh, you guys got a student teacher in a student teacher. From what I, I was a student teacher in high school, is this like a, you buddy up with someone, and you help them on stuff? No, no, I think it means like a r- actual teacher, but. He said student teacher, didn't he? Well, a student well, teacher is like someone that like is studying to become a teacher and oh, okay. and comes to a class to okay. like learn how to teach. So that must have been years later. Now this. who's the student and who's the teacher? Yes. Oh, my God. But Grasshopper. Like he still looks too young to be doing that. Oh, yeah. Like he, well, why would they pick the that one suit. actor that didn't look 45 to <laughs> – yeah. Uh, yeah, that twist doesn't make any sense. I th- no. I'm sure that was something they like – yeah, they were like when they cut the other ending, they were like, yeah. "Oh, we need something for Nick Stahl. Let's have this like crazy cliffhanger for you know the second yeah. movie." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's wrap up. Rob, what did you think about this movie? Do you think it's it's watchable? I didn't really think much about it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it sort of happens. I mean, I guess James Marsden's okay. I, the people are sort of okay, but like it doesn't really offer well, that he had, much. Like, that's decades new of or acting different. experience behind him, you know. He was forty in this role. Is what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, I yeah. I mean, I don't know. It didn't really offer that much, and like the sort of Stepford sort of premise is pretty half baked and didn't yeah. really, you know. But I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it's kind of fun. I, I'm. It's not really rewatchable. I don't think there's a reason to rewatch yeah, this. Fair enough. What about you, Jim? Yeah, like I mean, I, I was joking when I said get out derived from this because obviously, like that's the Stepford Wives. This is the Stepford Wives, but like. Get Out and the Stepford Wives both had like very clear satirical objectives, and this well, and villain objective, like very like clear objectives for absolutely. what was happening. Yeah, and also yeah. like I feel like they both kind of set up the the sort of heightened reality they're operating within mm-hmm. fairly early on. So, I mean, those are obviously you know Get Out's a great movie. Stepford Wives is pretty good. You're uh, talking about the Nicole Kidman, Matthew Broderick Stepford, of course. Wives. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Frank Oz one. This one, I feel like, has the skeleton of that. Like, I think it could have been a very interesting story about, like, 90s adolescence versus what the parents of that generation thought their kids could be. Because there is this undercurrent of those kids, the Blue Ribbons, being very, like, 1950s idea of what's acceptable i mean and like what the parents wanted like what they yeah. what their teenage years were exactly yeah. like they hang out in like wow. a malt shop they've all got letterman jackets i mean those kids should have been they just like like really creepy they should have been acting like pleasantville yeah you know yeah. They, they should have been like those characters they should have been so goody two shoes to the point of being creepy and they didn't quite 
get there, but I think that's what they're going they for. Sort of just well, n- normal preppy jockey shits. Yeah, and it, and it seemed like it was almost like nerds versus the jocks or outcasts versus the people that fit in. But I think like what the '90s were was like this sl- slacker generation coming up on the heels of like their parents that wanted to like them to do yeah. well and be doctors and lawyers and stock people. Honestly, like none people. of the behavior of the blue ribbons is that far out of the ordinary of normal shitty high school right. people. Exactly. Like yeah. it could turn out that Bruce Greenwood finds out that his device didn't even work. It was like, oh no, this wasn't on the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's so funny. That's that would have been the great twist at the end. Well yeah, like even like the weirdest part was that they all hang out in a malt shop. And perhaps the question to ask from that is why is there a malt shop in this town? Yeah. I love a good malt. But like that's what they should the twist should have been Bruce Greenwood is the manager of that malt shop. <laughs> <laughs> All part of my plan to bring malts back. They they said it would never work. They said I'd go belly go up. Get your ice cream shakes. <laughs> it's malts now. <laughs> but I feel like like I think that's an intriguing point to be making. The the idea that like Parents didn't understand the kids being like, why couldn't you be more like our generation? Yeah. And the kind of central problem with that being that like, you know, the generation of, you know, you know, the 1950s ideal, you know, kid was kind of a lie, you know, on top of, you know, the underbelly of all of the awful things that were happening Mm, at that time. I, I mean, I think very purposefully in this movie like it's mainly like white kids that are like yeah. part of like the blue ribbon mm-hmm. thing yeah. like i think i think there's there is this like it could just be the lack of diversity in 90s movies that's true too yeah. but i think i think it is trying to make the point of like this is what our parents want but what the 90s kids want with their bare midriffs and all is more midriffs. pure and real and honest and and that could also tie in with the the story of James Marsden not trying to deny his brother's death, like trying yeah. to accept the truth of what happened and his parents not wanting, you know, just living in denial, not wanting to talk about it. But it wasn't any of that. No, it wasn't. And maybe the longer cut has more of that. Mm-hmm. Very well could be. But I, I will say, like, this movie does have its fans. It just came out on uh, Shout Factory, like the screen, or sorry, Scream Factory, Shout Factory's like horror imprint, yeah. <laughs> released a Blu ray of it recently. Wow. And uh, David Nutter does have a commentary on it. Um, cool. And it, does, it doesn't have the longer version, but it has the deleted scenes and the alternate ending and stuff. Yeah. And I was reading some reviews on, like, you know, horror sites, and people were saying, like, yeah, it's got its flaws, but a lot of people really liked it. And, uh, I don't know. It it had some good parts. I think the cast is really great. I got into some of it at a like, certain point. And I understand why this like movie was bought, like why it was made. Yeah. You know, because it does. But I'm I'm with you. Like, I think that there's a movie in here about generational differences. Yeah. Where, like the kids don't want to be their parents because the parents like want them to be them. And they're like, well, your marriage sucks and you can't even accept your son's death. And like, I want to be like a more real person. And, and that I want to watch that movie. Whatever yeah. that movie is. And maybe that was what this movie was supposed to be, and it just yeah. got all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. So I'm, I would say I'm, not really rewatchable. And I'm going to be on your coattails and say not rewatchable as well. Watch The Faculty. It's a much better movie. I don't know if we thought that was rewatchable either. Yeah, I can't remember. It was like seven yeah. years ago. Well, it's more rewatchable than this movie, I'm going to say. But that's it for rewatchability this week. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can check us out on patreon.com slash rewatchability if you want an episode a month that no one else gets. You can uh, go to facebook.com slash rewatchability to join the conversation there. You can see us on Twitter at rewatchability. And you can, I don't know, what else? There's nothing else. Listen to us in your class with your headphones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. 
Also, Rob will be conducting uh, special retreats yeah. <laughs> this fall. <laughs> yeah, he has to grow out a mustache yeah, I'm not first. Gonna, actually, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> the one time Rob's uncomfortable on the podcast. <laughs> hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 